You are listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Hope you had a great weekend. I know I did. Sort of. Actually, I did. Anyway, let's get to talking about quite a few things today. We're going to talk an update on what's going on in charity season. We're going to talk about American Idol, Michael J. Fox, Pretty Woman, and just to wrap up what Friday's podcast was all about. And we will get to that momentarily. As you know, this podcast brought to you by Coming Out for Love. The re-release of that show happens this Friday on comingoutforlove.com. It's the first U.S. lesbian dating competition show. You go to comingoutforlove.com, go to the top right corner, click on bundles, purchase whatever bundle you want at checkout. Use promo code REALITYSTEVE for 15% off your order. It starts airing first episode. They're going to rerun it because they did run it a couple of months ago, and then they got in streaming issues, and they're going to rerun it. This Friday and then every Friday for the next 15 weeks, there will be a new episode released. Comingoutforlove.com. Click on bundles. Promo code REALITYSTEVE at checkout for 15% off your order. You have to pay to watch this show. But I'm telling you, it is worth it. All right, first off, let's get started with this. I don't know what time you are listening to this podcast. I'm assuming it's in the morning and you haven't been up very long by the time you listen to this, you're going to see so many memes on social media, whether it's on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. You know what today is. If you just see a Justin Timberlake in a perm meme, you know what that means. It's going to be May. May 1st already. We are Geesh, one month away from the Reality Steve Fan Appreciation Party uh, in Las Vegas. It is sold out. It's been sold out for a while, actually. But, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Gosh, a month away. Time has kind of flown by. I started promoting this right at the beginning of uh, Zach's season. So I believe on the episode after that, uh, the day after his first episode aired, so January 28th. But... Looking forward uh, to that. But, yeah, get ready for all the memes you're going to see today because it is May, and it's going to be May. And that it never gets old. I mean, at May 1st, every year until the end of time, people are going to be posting that. In the year 3000, someone's probably going to be posting a Justin Timberlake meme on May 1st, and people in 3000 are going to be like, who the hell is Justin Timberlake? Like, oh, he was this artist back in the early 2000s, you know, a thousand years ago. Yeah. Anyway, it's May. May 1st. All right. As for The Bachelorette, something happened over the weekend that was quite interesting. And that was the fact that when we last left you last week, like I said there was a video out there. I don't know where it came from. It was either Reddit or it was Instagram account. And there was video footage of Aaron and Doton being seen in Fiji. So you're like, okay, that means that Joey or Xavier is the other final three. Well, this past Saturday, Aaron was seen on numerous Instagram stories. I got sent a DM on Instagram basically showing me the 
Instagram story of the person who posted Aaron on a yacht party down in San Diego on Saturday. So clearly he is home from filming. I think it's safe to say that Aaron did not win. In fact, I will say Aaron didn't win because even if he did win, he would have been able to stay there a few extra days. Now, the other interesting thing was yesterday, last night, Jesse Palmer posted from California. So Jesse is home, which means filming is over. And if you go back to when they left for Fiji compared to them being home now, at least Aaron and it didn't matter about Aaron. Aaron just shows that he didn't win. But the host of the show being home, that means filming's over. Jesse has no other reason to be in L.A. He stays until final rose ceremony and then leaves. Well, he's now home because he was in L.A. yesterday. So what it shows is filming is over. Now, if you go back to when the Final Four Rose Ceremony was in L.A. and then flying out to Fiji, definitely something happened in Fiji that wasn't normal. I don't know what it is, but just filming schedule-wise and knowing how they filmed this show and taking a day in between each hometown date, or excuse me, each overnight date, and then having a Rose Ceremony, and then having each guy get their own date, uh, one day they get their one last date and then they well they they each meet the parents and then they each get a last date and then a final row ceremony day. It doesn't add up to Jesse being home on Sunday, May 1st or April 30th. It just doesn't. So something happened. Season doesn't start till June 26th. I've got plenty of time to figure out when and what happened, but that's where we're at right now. But Jesse being home yesterday definitely threw a wrench into things to show that something there's no way everything could have played out as normal based on their normal shooting schedule. So when I hear something, I'll let you know. Plenty of time. I wouldn't expect it anytime soon. This is not going to be easy, but things happen. And um, we'll find out, hopefully, eventually, and I'll relay that to you when I do. Um, Let's get to American Idol, because last night was the second live show they've had, but this is your final 12. This is when the show like officially starts for me because in the past when the show was in its heyday, once you got to the final 12, they remember that remember in the past they used to have top 24 and then they would do live shows at top 24 and then three weeks of live shows where they would all perform on Monday or half would perform on Monday and the other half on Tuesday, whatever the case may be. And then the following week they would announce who were the people that advanced, but they would do 24 down to 20, 20 down to 16, 16 down to 12. Like, This is when they had more time. Now, all those shows are taped. They the only the first live show was when they were at twenty and they eliminated eight. So last night we start the live shows, and I didn't even know how this was going to go in terms of eliminations. I knew it was two nights. Tonight we're going to get another show, but last night twelve performed and two were eliminated. So we're down to ten. Ten will perform tonight, and I guess at the end of tonight we're going to be down to seven. And then next week is. I think the, I think Ryan Seacrest said in two weeks we're having Disney week. So my guess is it's not airing the following Monday. Is there something going on or I don't know. But he said in two weeks we're having Disney week, which they have every year. And he said that'll bring you down to your top five. So whatever. Anyway, last night's competition, a lot of good performances. But remember last week, your top 20. Your top 10 were voted in, and then the judges had two picks, and it was Lucy Love and Nutza, which means Lucy Love and Nutza were not voted by the top to get into the top 10. 
Well, they went from 12 to 10 last night, and guess who the two that were eliminated were? Lucy Love and Nutza. So clearly voting matters. And now now that I saw that, you can pencil in uh, Wayani, you can pencil in Iam, and I really do think Colin is probably third. Just I'm just going off Instagram following because it clearly seems like the biggest following you have as long as your people vote, which I'm guessing they're going to vote for you if that many people are following you, that's going to get you through. Definitely two, because Wayani and Eam, now that Newt's has gone, Wayani and Eam are so far ahead of everybody else in terms of Instagram followers, I got to believe they're making top three. And then maybe that third one is is a little bit of a surprise, because while Colin is ahead of people, he's only ahead by twenty or 30,000 on Instagram, as opposed to Eam, who's who's 150,000 ahead of Wayani and Wayani is basically 150,000 ahead of third place. So I, I got to believe those two are in the, in the final three. It just, it wouldn't make any sense. And I'm not saying that there's any sort of favoritism towards Ian because he's so well liked and it's impossible not to root for the guy. Kind of like what Luke said on the show last night, but Placement in when you sing on this show has always been very important. I know that there was a website out there that used to track this stuff. And if you sang first or you sang last, you always seemed to do well. Or maybe first wasn't good. Maybe first wasn't a good spot. I can't remember what it was, but maybe there's still a site out there that does this. Didn't they have um, MJ's big blog? Weren't they a American Idol spoiler site or something that kept track of stuff? I do know going last has definitely been a good thing because it's the, you know, it's the impression you leave on people. It's the last person they saw perform. You know, when 12 people perform, if you're like fifth, like it kind of gets, you know, lost in the shuffle. It's hard. But I will say this for Ian. It seems like he's getting protected by the show. And, I, and, and that's not to take anything away from Ian because I told you when they got to the top uh, 20, this guy was making top three. He's so good, and he's got such a great story. But on his audition, he was the last guy shown. On the first night of Hawaii auditions, not auditions, Hawaii performances, uh, I, and I said, sorry, auditions, last guy shown in the episode. Hawaii, 13 singers, last guy shown. First live show at Top 12, last guy shown. Like, <laughs> now... There's no way he sings last tonight. There's no they're not putting him back to back. You can't do that. Then it would be way too obvious. But the fact that he's gotten last performance on three of the biggest shows you can have, your audition show, the Hawaii show, and the first live show in top twelve. I mean, come on. I'm not saying I, I don't want to maybe it's maybe protecting isn't the right word, but they're putting him in prime spots. Because they want people to vote for him. But I don't even think they need to. Guy's got 300 and whatever thousand followers. Like, There's no way that he's not getting to the final three. I, I, unless his fans just don't care to vote for him. But I I, I got to believe. I, I got to believe they are. Um, where's he at right now? Yeah, last week when I was saying he was at 361,000. He's over 400 now. Now he's at 406. Wayani's at 214,000 and Colin is up to 93. So whereas EM went up 40,000, Wayani went up 
20,000 and Colin went up about 20,000 from the last time I looked. So every time they go up, he's also going up, but he's going up double them, everybody else. So those are your top three Instagram followers right now. I didn't look at the other uh, seven, but I, I, I can't imagine they passed Colin, who's the lowest of those of those top three. But not surprising. And Lucy and Nutza going home after being judges saves last week just really, really goes to show that follower count probably does matter. So yesterday morning, I was over the weekend I was seeing a commercial for a Sunday morning on CBS Sunday morning. I can't I can't say that in the history of me living on this earth I've ever watched CBS Sunday morning. But I either saw it online or maybe I saw the commercial for it when I was watching something on CBS over the weekend. Whoever, somebody was promoting it. And it was an interview with Michael J. Fox, because I don't know if you know this, Michael J. Fox has a documentary coming out on Apple Plus in 12 days called Still, where it documents his career and, you know, goes apparently pretty deep and shows all the good and all the bad, uh, especially, you know, going through Parkinson's. You know, he's had Parkinson's for literally 30 years. He's had it since I think he was diagnosed with it when he was 29. And now he's 61. And I recorded, because obviously I wasn't going to get up early on a Sunday morning, I just recorded it. I watched it yesterday afternoon, and a lot of you know my affinity for Back to the Future and the franchise and and how much I love that show, movie and how much I love that franchise and how much it's been a big part of my life. I'll tell you this, it is rough watching Michael J. Fox right now, what he's going through, and how bad his Parkinson's has gotten. I mean, it's just a, it's an awful, awful disease. Anybody that's had any fam- I've never dealt with it in anybody that I knew personally and family members, you know, knock on wood, but it is um, anybody that's dealt with it. I feel for you because that is a, uh, that is a disease that just is, I, I can't, I can't even imagine what it would be like to, um, to deal with that and watching him um, on the CBS show yesterday morning in the interview and going, you know, looking back over his career and then seeing him now. I mean, the guy's done so much for the Parkinson's community and how much he's raised for his foundation. And it's, it's great to see, but on the flip side, it's difficult to watch because it's just un- it's uncomfortable. You know, you see, like, you know, he's a I don't know if you say he's a hero of mine, but he's somebody who I just gravitated towards in the mid '80s, and still watches movies to this day. And the, his popularity for people that are, you know, twenty or thirty years old right now, you don't, you know, take take your whoever your take your mid twenty popular person right now in pop culture and. Probably multiply that by 10 of how big Michael J. Fox was in the mid-80s. How he was literally a heartthrob to all the young girls out there. He was on the number one television show at the time, Family Ties. He had Back to the Future and Teen Wolf back-to-back years. Even though Teen Wolf wasn't you know, a box office draw like Back to the Future was, it was still the number one movie when it came out just because he was in it. I mean, yeah, the story was silly, but 
You don't think I've watched Teen Wolf a hundred times? It's a great bad movie. Oh, it's an all-time classic. But anyway, you know, to, to he's he's just an icon. He's an icon. It's the best way to describe it. He's an icon in the movie industry, and he's being just wrecked by this awful, awful disease. And um, I mean, I'm gonna watch his documentary. It comes out. It's on Apple Plus. I believe it's May 12th. It's either the 12th or the 13th. I'll have the I'll try and get the exact date in tomorrow's daily roundup. But it's going to be uh, apparently it's really good. It, w- it was played at the Cannes Film Festival and um, a lot of people. I mean, it's just getting rave reviews and it, it's called still because. I mean, it has a lot of meanings. They talked about it briefly in yesterday's interview, but like still here, um, the fact that he can't stay still. He can try and stay still and try. He, he he has the ability to just sit still and look forward, but he can't really speak doing that. If he's speaking, he has to, you know, have the twitching that he does and the nerve, not, not nervousness, but you know how it is with Parkinson's. And um, apparently the, the documentary captures all of it. Like, the, like I said, the good and and how much he struggles with it. He says that. Because he has the Parkinson's, he's fallen over a couple times. He's broken both of his arms. It's just, it's just an awful, awful disease. And yeah, it's it's tough to watch him like that. But I'm such a supporter uh, of him and his work that I, I absolutely will watch the documentary. And I think anybody that um, liked that movie or even liked any of his work should probably uh, check that out. Comes out next week on Apple Plus, and it's called Still. The Michael J. Fox story, I believe, is the full title. And just wrap up with this. Uh, I saw an interview over the inter- over the weekend. It was on EW.com, and it was with Molly Ringwald, another one of my <laughs> favorite people from the 80s in the 80s movies that uh, you know I loved. Pretty in Pink, Breakfast Club, 16 Candles. And she talked about the fact that she turned down the role of Vivian in Pretty Woman, which ultimately, as we know, went to Julia Roberts, a movie that I still have not seen from beginning to end. We've talked about this. There are a lot of popular TV shows and movies that I have just never seen. Like I said, never seen The Sopranos, never seen The Wire, never seen The West Wing, never seen Breaking Bad. There's a lot of shows that are like some of the best shows ever created. I've just never seen, never seen Succession, that's the new one, White Lotus, all these shows that are hot right now, and I just, I don't have the time, I just don't, with, I've realized, when I was doing, when I was catching up on a lot of shows, remember I told you I was re-watching a lot of shows, I rewatched 24, all nine seasons of it, and I was, and I rewatched all six seasons of The O.C., this was a couple of years ago, I've realized that, while I love doing the Daily Roundup and the Sports Daily. It's the reason why I'm not watching shows at night because I usually I started watching two episodes a night of whatever show I was watching right around, you know, 11 o'clock. And those are our shows, 40 minutes without commercials. So I'd usually finish around 1230 and go to bed. I'd usually watch two episodes a night. And now with the Daily Roundup and the Sports Daily, which I usually don't start recording till 11 or 11.30 at night, although tonight's is a little bit earlier since it's Sunday and I had all weekend to do it. Um, I've also realized that's what's killing me 
it's killing it's killing my time of getting in TV show episodes. Friday night I can usually do it if I'm not out. Saturday night I can do it because those are the only two nights that I don't record during the week because I don't have a show on Saturday morning or Sunday morning coming out. But yeah, so that's uh, that's where I'm at. So P- Pretty Woman, like I said, I've never seen Forrest Gump from beginning to end. I know I've seen it on TV, but never watched it from beginning to end. Pretty Woman is another one I've never seen from beginning to end. Uh, there are so many. I- I'm blanking on a lot of them right now. But anyway, I saw that story with Molly Ringwald, and you know this comes up a lot. And I'm sure people that love Pretty Woman and love that movie, which I know a lot of women do, you're just like, oh my gosh, no way. That's a Julia Roberts role. There's no way anybody else could have played that role. And yes, I understand why you say that, because you saw the movie with Julia Roberts in it. If Julia Roberts was never in that movie, and it was somebody else, and then you hear years later that Julia Roberts uh, auditioned for the role and didn't get it, you'd be like, oh no, 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 no. That's totally Molly Ringwald's role. Uh, She was excellent in it. No way I could see Julia Roberts. So it's kind of a not a recency bias, but you only know it because only one person played the role. So you can't possibly think anybody else could play it. But if somebody else had played it, then the person that did end up playing it, if they never played it, you couldn't see them in that role. Kind of like, you know, any of the people I've, I, I use this example all the time, but like any of the people in the role of uh, of friends, you know, whether it was Ross or Rachel or Joey or Chandler, you're just like, oh my God, perfect cast. It's like, yeah, it's a perfect cast because they were the ones that got the roles. If it was six other people or, or one of them, switch out one of them. Like, oh my God, nobody could have played Joey Tribbiani uh, better than Matthew Blanc. Yeah, I bet somebody could. <laughs> but just because we never saw them in that role, you only know Joey Tribbiani as Matthew LeBlanc playing it excellently. And I'm just telling you, <laughs> it, it, but... It, it's hypothetical because we'll never see it. We'll never see a Friends episode with somebody else playing any of those six characters. So that's why they're great. And um, I'm just a little more objective looking at it. I know other people could have played that role, but I can't tell you it would have been. Uh, I I just know, <laughs> I just know that if the same exact writing happened and the same lines were written for all those characters, it could have been just as good with six different people in there. But because we know those six, it's like, okay, well, no one else could play that role. Yeah, other people could have. But anyway, um, Bolly Ringwald was, she was a a hot ticket in terms of Hollywood at that time. Now, talking about her looks, just talking about where her star was at that time. I mean, Pretty Woman came out in 1990. Molly Ringwald was a couple years removed it would have been about three years after those movies, but she would have been a lot older because when she did 16 Candles, she was 16. She's like one of the few that was actually the age that she was playing in those movies. That Breakfast Club, 16 Candles, Pretty in Pink era, she was basically 15 to 17 years old shooting all three of those movies. And then Pretty in Pink was her last one, and that was 86. So, yeah, she would have been 21. How old was Julia Roberts when she shot pretty woman let me look it up here came out in 1990 let me click on julia roberts wikipedia she was born in 67 so she would have been 32 um no i'm sorry 20 32 she would have been 22 shooting it and it came out in 90 she would have been 23 when it um when it came to the theaters so yeah not that far off 
from where Molly Ringwald would have been at that time. But I know you're going to say, no way. Nobody could have played Vivian like Julia Roberts. Okay. Let's <laughs> be a little more objective. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Uh, I really appreciate it. Um, I, 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 I want to, I didn't even talk about this that I, even though I mentioned it in the beginning of the podcast, I want to thank all the people who reached out after Friday's podcast, um, saying they really agreed with me saying that what Nick said was, uh, very troubling. And, and that's probably the biggest point that I want to get across because what he's doing is very dangerous. And the reason it's dangerous is because, you know, like him or not, which I'm not a fan of him, you know, this, but I'm very well aware I can be objective. He's got a major, major following. And when he's promoting stuff like this and is and he's saying this stuff about people who have suicidal tendencies and he's calling people who starting a foundation, a nonprofit organization, calling them motherfuckers and telling them telling people to not send them their money and basically laughing at them for starting a nonprofit organization. That is disturbing. And that needs to be. Look, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if Nick, Nick's going to lose sponsors. Probably not. I doubt Nick will even address it. One thing he did do over the weekend is he shut off all the tagging on Instagram because now pretty much that acknowledges he's well aware of how much crap he's getting uh, for his take on the Danielle Rule situation. And Tyler and, and Nick uh, Thompson's lawsuit or Tyler's lawsuit. Uh, Jeremy, sorry, Jeremy, Jeremy's Hartwell's lawsuit and Jeremy and Nick's foundation. He knows how much crap he's getting or else he wouldn't have shut off his tags this weekend. Um, so whether he addresses it or not, I don't know. But it is very troubling that someone with as big a voice as he does in the podcasting industry is perpetuating this garbage out there. And I see a lot of you are uh, in agreement of that. And I appreciate that. And I don't know what's going to happen. My guess is probably nothing. That's the frustrating part is that he's going to go on and continue to do what he does and continue to put his foot in his mouth and continue to have some very controversial and very just wrong takes on major, major issues. And nothing's going to happen to him. And that's and that's disappointing. I'm not saying he needs to never have a podcast again. I am saying though, that it does suck that there's zero repercussions uh, for what he is saying. And that's disappointing. So anyway, uh, just wanted to uh, get that out there. Anyway, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. And we are back tomorrow with yet another daily roundup. So I'm reality, Steve appreciate you listening, rate, subscribe and review. And I will talk to you tomorrow. See you.